Hello and welcome to the Heads and Tails podcast. This is the impact substitute of all cricket podcasts out there and we have come into our own right now as the cricketing world is taken by storm by the two month long extravaganza that's known as the Indian Premier League. As always, I am Nitin Sundar and I am joined by my good friend El Chopernos. How are you doing, Chops? All good, da. How are you? I'm very good, Chops. And uh, I know you've been uh, you've been glued to the screens watching all the action unfold at the IPL. But for the benefit of our listeners, a quick summary of what's been going on there. We're more than a week now into the tournament. The first week was not the most exciting. Lots of one-sided games, but the tournament really has sparked into life in the last couple of days. First, we had Rinku Singh scoring five sixes of the last five balls of a match to help Kolkata Knight Riders to an incredible victory against Gujarat Titans on Sunday. And then we followed that up with an insane finish in the Lucknow Super Jains uh, Royal Challengers Bangalore game that uh, really ended in a comedy of errors before eventually Lucknow sealing a win, trying to steal a bye off the last ball of the game against RCB, which puts them at the top of the table. Lucknow have six points after four games. And the good thing about this tournament so far is that it's been very closely fought. So you have five teams tied on four points after three games. And uh, you also have Mumbai Indians and Delhi Capitals yet to open their account. So interesting start then to the IPL after a few boring games, Chops. Interesting start or you can say uh, all teams have been equally mediocre in uh, how they're going about it so far. And um, hopefully... A couple of them will rise up to the occasion in the in the matches to come, and we'll see some clear patterns emerging soon. One of which will obviously involve RCB um, giving it all away after <laughs> seeming to have it all. Absolutely, I didn't mention anything about the quality of cricket chops, but glad that you brought that up. It has been uh, it has been quite uh, you know unpredictable. Let's put it that way. And we will continue to see whether patterns start to emerge and we will see what RCB have in store for their loyal fans who have struggled for many years now, waiting for their team to turn a corner. Hopefully, it will happen this year. On this podcast, we always look at what's happening currently in cricket and we use that as a hook to take a time machine that takes us into the past. The hook for us this week is, of course, Rinku Singh's incredible five sixes to win the game uh, for, for his team, Kolkata Knight Riders, against the defending champions, Gujarat Titans. Uh, soon after that game ended, the coach of the Kolkata Knight Riders team, uh, Chandrakant Pandit, uh, was addressing the entire team, including Rinku Singh. Happy moments in the dressing room where they relive the, the victory and all of that. And Mr. Pandit recalled being at Sharjah in 1986 when Javed Miandar hit a six to win the Australasia Cup of the last ball against uh, against India. Uh, a final that a lot of people from India have not forgotten and a lot of people from Pakistan also definitely have not forgotten. One of the, the most unforgettable games, I would say, in the history of one-day cricket shots. And that's what we're going to talk about today, aren't we? Absolutely. I mean, very glad to have uh, Mr. Chandrakant Pandit as a panelist of this pod now, providing us with such a beautiful hook uh, to talk about such a memorable match. A painful match for uh, Indian fans, as you mentioned, but still one to talk about. Uh, and the Australasia Cup, as you said, uh, a very odd 
sort of idea right and and an idea that really could have taken taken on some greater legs to think about it right it's like two big continents you're bringing the best cricket teams from those two continents and having a one day tournament and this of course was before one day cricket really took off into the era of tri series and stuff so it was almost a precursor to that idea you had five teams playing this tournament which is a very odd number odd number in more ways than one so you had australia and new zealand from the australia end of the uh, spectrum and then you had the three big asian teams india pakistan and sri lanka so you bring all these five teams to the desert to sharjah uh, to play a big tournament you would expect that this tournament would go on for like three weeks four weeks right we, we spoke <laughs> about the titan cup a few days back which went on for a really long time this tournament had just five games <laughs> <laughs> indeed and uh, in those five games pakistan won very comfortably against uh, australia and new zealand india uh, won uh, decently well against uh, new zealand and sri lanka and before you knew it it was time for the final india versus pakistan so uh, actually there's more to it right uh, so you had five teams playing uh, and despite the fact that you only had two games before the knockout game so to speak the knockout games were termed as semi finals and then a final right so that that yeah. was the last three games of the tournament so as the pre semi final games you had a couple of games so india played new zealand like you mentioned and hammered them pakistan easily got past australia sri lanka did not participate in this preliminary phase at all having been the asia cup champions they got a direct qualification <laughs> into the semi finals of the australasia cup which is which is a very strange thing India of course at that stage were also world champions my dear and that did not really win them any favors you would imagine that you're playing the australasia cup which is you know not just a single continent affair your world championship status might probably amount for something but no sri lanka was a team that got a straight qualification into the semis australia was sent home after losing one game uh, and new zealand who actually lost even more badly to india in their league game somehow made it to the semi final like nothing in this tournament actually made a lot of sense absolutely and just to add to uh, you know india's uh, credentials coming into this tournament they were the defending odi world cup champions from 1983 and they were the tournament winners of the world championship of cricket yes. in 1985 yeah. but just before this they had been on a tour of australia where uh, the test series ended uh, nil nil and uh, the odi tri series the famous odi tri series in uh, australia uh that had india reaching the final but losing to australia quite convincingly uh, on the other hand pakistan they had won the uh, 1986 john player triangular in sri lanka but just before that they had lost the aforementioned uh, asia cup that you talked about to the minnows of that time sri lanka and yeah. even their test series versus sri lanka was tied one all uh and that one all actually featured their first ever test loss uh, to sri lanka so yeah uh, neither of the two teams really on a high as they entered the final so plenty to play for for both teams pakistan probably feeling the pressure just a little bit more because of their recent poor track record against india uh, and imran khan doing something fairly interesting there won the toss and decided to put india into bat on a very flat pitch absolutely and this after just over a year ago march 1985 india had won the four nations rathmans cup at the same venue sharjah where the first match of the tournament featured a 38 run win for india against pakistan india were bowled out for 125 yeah. pakistan were not to be outdone they were bundled out for just 87 so yeah. brave decision indeed uh, from um, imran khan who uh, decided to chase on a hot friday Uh, <laughs> India started off quite well 
117 run partnership for the first wicket Gavaskar and Srikanth 99 run partnership for the second wicket Gavaskar and Venkatesharkar and you really thought they were going to perhaps end up uh, somewhere close to 260 to 70 uh, having been 216 for two but Wasim and uh, Imran the two premier Pakistan bowlers uh, really had their say in their death overs and uh, India were restricted to just 245 for seven uh imran uh taking uh imran and wasim taking up five of the seven wickets yeah uh, but b- before they got into the play like you mentioned a very very fine performance by the top 3 for india vengsarkar uh, got 50 of just 64 balls and no boundaries just a single six in that innings shrikant as always playing a lot of expansive shots and shrikant always uh, gives we only have old footage to go by when we when we talk about a player like shrikant right and there really is no grammar to his batting it's tough to compare him uh, and say that you know shrikant used to bat like x or y he really was a complete original uh, always gave me the feeling of someone who premeditated a lot of his shots and when they came off they were just so good to watch because he has already decided to plant his uh, front foot down the ground and and smash straight down the ground so when it works it looks really good at other times it looks like a complete afterthought because he's trying to do something else and then the ball's going somewhere else and he plays yeah. another shot but uh, this uh, this was one of those days where it really worked he takes on abdul qadir uh, hits him for a few sixes in fact if you see the footage of this game he gets out he holds out of abdul qadir trying to hit him, hit him for one more six and there is this uh, uh, video of of this game where uh, shrikant later in the 90s sort of looks back at this effort and and talks about how he how he played and this is what he says typical shrikant dismissal i can say arrogant arrogant dismissal you could put it that way i did it for two sixes wanted to go for a third six or whatever it is right uh, so that's that's exactly how shrikant <laughs> says it where he's trying to relive this this uh, uh, not very unusual very much keeping in keeping with character dismissal office but india do, do fairly well uh, gavaskar plays a great innings imran khan in that same video says where shrikant was the batsman scoring a lot of runs fast uh, gavaskar really was the man who made that innings and and made even shrikant play the way he did because this wasn't the old stodgy shrikant right in the latter stages of his one day career he really blossomed deep i think he got the grammar of one day cricket a lot more and this was in that phase where he was scoring runs fast and yeah it was it was a very good innings from gavaskar as well but like you said uh, wasim and imran come back and and bring india keep india down to a score under 250 so pakistan still in the game and then when pakistan began uh, it wasn't such a great start um, uh, right from the beginning uh, you know they say in odi cricket yeah that the losing team actually loses wickets at regular intervals and that's exactly what was happening to pakistan uh, the only guy who was uh, uh, the proverbial thorn in the flesh for the indians was javed miyanda had a couple of handy partnerships with salim malik first uh, and then abdul qadir who was uh, sent up yeah. in the batting order to disrupt india's run strangle uh, he hit a few lusty blows uh but really i mean it was uh, more or less javed who was uh, you know deciding to stay put to perhaps minimize the humiliation that came with losing to india even at that time yeah. kept getting ones and twos a boundary here and there uh, and and you know not much to write home about for a, for a very long time in the pakistan innings and bear in so- mind that he had also survived a very close lbw call um against the indian left arm spinner maninder singh uh, on one of the first few balls he had faced so uh, clearly he was just uh, just about keeping pakistan in the game uh, you know till the death overs came along so i have this question for you chops can you tell me what kind of form miandar came into this game with i am going to say not great 
because i remember <laughs> that in the test series against sri lanka he was doing uh, quite poorly yeah so this of course was the final of the tournament so you would look back to see how much did javed score in the previous games this was the first time he was batting in this entire tournament he had not got to bat in any of the previous games so that that just tells you how much of an afterthought this tournament was you got five teams in there and just in time enough time to play any cricket as we were saying before so yeah miandar came out to bat for the first time and uh, the wicket that brought him to the middle was ramiz raja getting out uh, bold of a beautiful arm ball from maninder singh and in that same video that i was mentioning maninder has quite quite a few quotes from maninder so he mentions he was chatting with uh, miandar before this game and uh, pakistan apparently rated him fairly highly and uh, javed had told uh, maninder you know what we are not going to take any risks of you we are just looking to score 30 runs from you and we are going to go after the medium pacers at the other end so and I, as it happens maninder gets figures of 1 for 36 in this game so pretty much yeah that and like you said uh, maninder had uh, javed in trouble early on and in fact it was a pretty bad game for javed up until that point he even dropped a sitter earlier in the day i think it was off uh, sunny gavaskar at deep mid wicket he puts down a catch on the boundary so things really not going javed's way wickets start falling abdul abdul kader is sent as a as a quasi pinch hitter he he comes in at number 6 which really is not what a pinch hitter does but he was sent in ahead of uh, better batting talents when salim malik was run out uh, mainly uh, you know with an eye on going after the spinners and then kader holds out right he gets a leading edge of sorts he's caught uh, by the late raman lamba who was fielding as a substitute for india caught in the covers uh, and then that brings imran khan out and imran khan in terrible form he also says that you know i was not scoring any runs those days i was just hoping to stay there uh, and let javed at least do the job but even that doesn't work out he gets bowled by madan lal so you're into a very long and uh, extremely you know unrecognized tail and you have miandar there apparently uh, shrikan says this so miandar at this stage when they were seven down was uh, telling someone who came came with drinks just get me someone to stay at the other end and i'll take this game deep and i'll win it and and shrikan apparently there what is he talking about this guy he's taking singles and toes they don't, they don't have any bats for what is he talking about he's imagining things or what this is exactly what <laughs> shrikan says so that's what happens as this game heads into its closing stages absolutely So Pakistan uh, finally need only 31 of the last 3 overs with 4 wickets left and you'd think India skipper uh, Kapil Dev would keep the last over for himself but somehow he had messed up his sums that day and uh, it was uh, Chetan Sharma with the 48th and 50th over Kapil with the 49th over so here's the 48th over and here's you know where things start to get real crazy there's an event happening of every single ball Uh, there is a six uh, there is also a, a high catch uh, which is manzoor elahi the six is by miadad and then there is a, a little bit of a silent period for three balls where three runs are added and then there is a no ball of which uh, javed uh, i think scores a couple of runs for uh, reaching his century and then yeah. uh, the last ball finally the last ball of the over is a single of course javed had to take the single and get the strike for the 49th over yeah. and the equation was down to um, 18 runs to win of the last two overs yeah and these days you would look at something like 18 of 2 and say the batting team is going to get that right 9 times out of the 10 uh, you did mention kapil probably got his uh, calculations wrong but we have also seen in t20 cricket often the 19th over and in one day cricket the 49th over tends to be the more important one 
and sometimes the more senior bowler takes that you know that tougher over so that he gives a buffer to the bowler who ends up bowling the 50th so kapil bowling the the penalty bit over probably not a bad thing for india uh, and he didn't he doesn't bowl a bad over he concedes only 7 of the 49th over which then means 11 to get off the last over and chetan sharma is called on to bowl so chetan also says uh, in that video uh, i was hoping that a more senior bowler would bowl the 50th over but really by the time the 49th over started chetan sharma should have known that he was going to bowl the 50th because the only other alternatives were ravi shastri who had bowled nine overs but you're not going to bowl a left arm spinner for the 50th against david that too and the other bowling option that india had that day was mohammad azruddin who had bowled two overs earlier <laughs> all the other bowlers madan lal and maninder singh had finished their 10 overs already and kapil finished his 10 uh, in the 49th so chetan really was the only option so he must have started preparing at least one over in advance and the last over is again full of events it's jam packed with action wasn't it absolutely So yes 11 needed of the last over and uh, here's how it goes ball by ball the first ball is uh, a slog a proper slog to long on by Javed Miyadad uh, Wasim Akram is at the other end and they very very quickly try for a two uh, a couple of runs but uh, it's Kapil at the long on position and he keeps his uh, cool about himself uh, sends in an accurate throw Wasim doesn't have many options has to sacrifice his wicket so that javed keeps the strike so it's one run and now it's 10 of 5 uh, with javed on strike uh, the second ball is a four through the leg side by javed absolutely wild heave and he brings down the equation for pakistan to six runs of just four balls and then ball 3 is where it could very easily uh, have been over because javed yeah. hits uh an almost certain four with a sweep slash pull some some kind of an odd shot which would be very in tune with the t20 cricket that uh, batters yeah. play today but wasn't uh, you know a recognized shot back in the day it was a foolish ball and he hits a very very good shot in an unlikely turn of events it's uh, the big burly pacer roger binney who's uh, yeah. fielding at short fine leg um the replays of uh, you know that day aren't so good but you hear the commentators really exulting that he had made a great great save uh, a certain four is avoided and instead just one run is conceded good news for india javed is off the strike and yeah. the equation and, is down to 5 of 3 and and so far three terrible balls from chetan right uh, <laughs> you have to say that uh, things were building up quite nicely because the first ball probably the the, the better of the of the three so far the second one was a really rank long hop and the third one the kind of ball you just do not bowl with your fine leg up in the circle he was extremely lucky that that ball went somewhere close to roger binney who got in the way like you mentioned but 5 of 3 javed off strike and like you said the commentator said roger binney has probably won this game for india by saving that boundary zulkar nain is the number 10 batsman and he's on strike not really known for his batting and But, you can see javed is backing up he he just wants that single he wants to get back on strike for the last two balls as tethan runs it absolutely so on the fourth ball it's zulkar nain on strike who was who was probably not supposed to come out at that uh, number in the batting order but uh, usman samiuddin the noted pakistani writer uh, tells us that ramiz raja in the dressing room had apparently told imran khan that zulkar nain is a big six hitter in local cricket in pakistan and that's how he <laughs> got uh, this promotion uh, <laughs> completely completely proved uh, ramiz raja wrong uh, 
because instead of trying to get a single and get Javed on strike again, he yeah. goes for a random wild slog. The ball is no good, by the way. It's just yeah. <laughs> a random, random, uh, you know, just short of half volley. Uh, if it's Miyala a trademark, have... trademark Chetan Sharma. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> Absolutely. If uh, Miyandad was on strike, this itself could have gone for six. But, uh, I mean, it was to be a last ball finish and hence Zulkarnain is uh, clean bold. Uh, doing yeah. God knows what. And as you mentioned, Javed is backing up by quite a distance. He's not leaving his crease before the bo- uh, baller yes. has uh, delivered the ball. But he's but taken off. It's... As soon as the ball has been delivered, he's uh, hiring towards the striker's end. And you can see the moment the ball hits the stumps here, you can sense the frustration <laughs> in Javed Miyandad's body. Though on camera, you can only see the back of his body. You can see that, you know, this is a frustrated man. He's so irritated that he doesn't have strike. Because now he knows he's only going to get, at best, he's going to get one ball. And what's worse, he might not even get that because Pakistan are now nine down. And the number 11 walks out. It's Tosif who comes out to take strike. But thankfully, Tosif has a sensible head on his shoulder. So at least tries to do the right thing off the fifth ball, doesn't he? Yeah. So this Lionel Richie lookalike, Tosif Ahmed, he... (laughs) He is doing tip and run. There's nothing else on his mind. He's just going to do tip and run. And once he does that, the ball goes to the cover region where uh, Azruddin, uh, who is... The best um, fielder. The best fielder India has ever produced. So, And that's, that's important here too, because what's going to happen next. It was written for Pakistan what is going to happen next. Yeah, I mean, Azhar in that uh, era was just like a man-shaped gazelle. He was... So quick, uh, you know, at any any uh, position in the field. He's at cover, gets the ball quite easily. And he starts running uh, with the ball towards the non-striker end, hoping to get a run out. And a very, very easy run out. And something comes on to him. He decides to throw the ball from probably a couple of feet away. And somehow manages to miss it. So you have yeah. two very unlikely fielding events. A big burly pacer saving a certain <laughs> boundary. And the yeah. best fielder. On the fifth ball, the penultimate ball, uh, losing it completely. Uh, yeah. The equation is down to four of one. Yeah. And a, again, direct hit, a direct hit from Azhar would have won the game for India. It absolutely. need not have even been a direct hit because Chetan Sharma was actually back. He was backing up, right? Which yeah. usually you don't see from a fast bowler. They don't get back uh, in time. But Chetan was there. And yeah. Chetan later says, Azhar could have just tossed the ball to me. I was ready to take it and effect the run out. But for some reason, he went for the direct hit and he missed and Tosif was nowhere in the picture because he had defended this off the last ball. Um, he was running. So he's not the fastest runner between the wickets. Javed, of course, has gotten to the other end. And somehow Tosif escapes because Azhar misses the run out. So it's all down to the last ball. Kapil Dev, who was fielding at uh, mid-on, comes over, uh, uh, comes to Chetan and only gives him one advice. He says... No, no balls. <laughs> Chetan says, like, as if I didn't know <laughs> that I should not bowl a no ball here. It's time for ball six now. Uh, Javed Miyadad. Four runs and, to win. Four runs to win, absolutely. Javed yeah. Miyadad and Tosif Ahmed have had a mid-pitch discussion. India has also taken its sweet time to set its field uh, and, and give all the advice in the world to Chetan. Uh, Javed has decided or perhaps it's already something that he's been doing he's standing outside his crease because both Tosif and he think it's going to be a Yorker Uh, Chetan also mentions that he saw an open-chested stance very very clearly uh, from Javed which suggests that he was perhaps looking to go over the leg side 
and uh, Javed perhaps has that sixth sense um, after all those uh, hours of uh, batting out in the sun that it will be a Yorker. There's a video of Chetan saying that he had in his mind a short pitch ball. But in the very last stride of his uh, bowling run-up, he changes his mind from short-pitched to Yorker. And perhaps yeah. that that is what fluffs up the execution. Yeah, you mentioned that there was a mid-pitch conference between Tosif and uh, Javed before the last ball. Again, 30 years later or whatever, Umesh Yadav, after taking a single of the first ball, went to Rinku Singh and said, Laga Rinku Sochio Mat. I wonder what Tosif was telling Javed. It probably was the same. And, but you really don't need to tell anything to the old fox. I'm sure he knew exactly what he was going to do. Uh, Chetan later says, yes, I was eventually trying to bowl a Yorker. What ends up happening is, is utter chaos. He ends up bowling another bad ball. It's, it's again a full toss. Very much in the hitting arc for Javed. And Javed swings it. Swings it high and mighty over deep mid-wicket. Yeah, and and the action replay from then on, uh, you know, as we can see on YouTube now, is just yeah. like it's <laughs> it's from another era, well and truly so. Yeah, because the cameraman is showing the ball yeah. going uh, into the mid wicket uh, stands, but then he forgets he doesn't. about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's 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 a full on comedy uh, role from this point in, right? So, firstly, the bowler, like we mentioned, it's a loopy full toss. Miandar pulls it high. And since the cameraman actually is stuck there, usually you see the cameraman tries to follow the ball uh, into the stands, except this cameraman is stuck on the pitch for an extra second. So you actually see Mianda has put his hands up. He's already celebrating because he knows he's hit it out of the ground. We still don't know. We, we don't know exactly the trajectory that the ball is followed. So the cameraman eventually tries to catch up, except he doesn't pan the camera. He doesn't tilt the camera upwards. He drags it along the grass. So we're actually seeing grass and and we're hearing a lot of noise of cheers from the ground and from the Pakistani players and whatnot. And as the camera pans, you see uh, Maninder Singh in a deep mid-wicket. He's, you know, with his shoulders hunched. He's looking disappointed. So you don't actually see the ball, but you now know what has happened. You know that this ball has gone for six because you've seen Mianda celebrating and you've seen Maninder Singh looking extremely glum uh, in on the boundary. Uh, and, and the comedy's the comedy's only gotten started. There's more to come, but I'll leave that to you. Yeah, indeed. So Mianda and Tosif Ahmed, the I mean the the dressing room is towards the opposite end from where Mianda yeah. was batting. So both of them, you know, start running towards it. And this is the classic 80s, right? So there's uh, barely any crowd control. By the time <laughs> they've got to, you know, long off, long on. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people who have uh, managed to come onto the ground and they are now uh, moments away, seconds away from haggling with the two uh, <laughs> Pakistani batsmen. Mianda just enjoy. Somehow... It must be said. Must be said. Just enjoy, right? It's obviously an outpouring of uh, happiness. Lots of Pakistanis in the stands. There's of course Sharjah. Uh, they're just celebrating, right? Celebrating wildly because this is the most unlikely victory ever. And, and you have these two batters running towards them, both with their hands up, bat held up over there. And as they're running towards, you know, towards the camera, as it were, Javed actually jumps sideways and he goes off screen. But as yeah, he's it's... going off screen, you get the sense that he's actually falling down. <laughs> he's lost his balance. Tosif actually falls down. <laughs> yeah, so so basically what happens is that the police uh, guys uh, are also on the pitch by now. Yeah. Because they with know Latis. that there is going yeah. to be an intruding uh, crowd. And they have, uh, you know, proper lathis. I'm yeah. going to throw back to the 80s. Proper lathis in their hands. And one of them, a, a superbly enthusiastic policeman, is trying <laughs> to bring down one of the spectators. 
ends up, he ends up bringing them Dawson yeah who is already on the ground and he gets one more whack and then one of his teammates one of the other Pakistani players has run out of the field and he's shielding Dawson from the cops I also want to take a moment to observe the sartorial sense of these fans who are running right this is being pay- played in the heat uh, epic desert heat in Sharjah you have people in safari suits you have people wearing caps full sleeve shirts pants the whole works and these are the people little middle aged uncles in the gulf who have run onto the field to celebrate with their players they're getting chased by uh, lati charging policemen uh, who are in turn you know landing their blows on batsmen who are wielding their bats in the happiest moment of their lives right this is delirium uh, to the power of n right as uh, that's how this this tournament comes to an end it's it's pretty cool must be said and and it's it's i'm sure it was a moment that was replayed many times re- regardless of the poor quality of camera work that was at place yeah. the sheer joy the so, sheer energy of that moment uh, just transmits so well even now yeah so tosif actually uh, you know gave uh, an interview many years later and he actually says that uh, fortunately he escaped the wrath of the policeman uh, it was just a knocking over from the police guy and not really a whack uh, for tosif which is which is good to know after all these years <laughs> and there's also uh, perhaps an unfortunate incident of you know religion colliding with sports and um, national identity so uh, the noted indian cricket journalist narottam puri actually writes in india today how the pakistani supporters uh, started shouting ganpati bappa so gaya in response oh. to the ganpati bappa moria chant that the indians had and then you know the presentation ceremony starts imran gets the cup and wastes absolutely no time in passing it on to uh, javed miada who was clearly the the biggest performer of the day who then passes it uh, you know on to the team so a nice uh, moment of the two pakistani greats coming together uh, had a storied rivalry across uh, many years but uh, here uh, imran truly recognized that there was only one man who uh, you know got pakistan home that day Uh, many years later uh, kamran abbasi who is a, a noted pakistani cricket writer he actually wrote a research paper with um, uh, khalid khan a man whose primary subjects were surprisingly uh, obstetrics and gynecology uh, but he was also uh, interested in statistics so they basically wrote a research paper in which they posited the idea that this six had given birth to a new pakistan in cricket see the connection with gynecology uh, which was <laughs> more likely to win against india than earlier across formats uh, i mean i i'm not uh, great at statistics myself but that's an actual paper that you can go and uh, read on you know one of these uh, science journals uh, osman samiuddin perhaps uh, you know puts it a little more poetically that uh, this win uh, led to a golden age for pakistan cricket which uh, ended with uh, the 92 world cup win so yeah absolutely i th- i think at least their dominance over india i think the stats bear it out uh, india and pakistan were actually neck to neck in one day cricket uh, up to up to this game in 1986 at least in sharjah uh, pakistan runs away with it after this and both teams played a lot in sharjah and in various other venues in the subcontinent in the uh, years that followed and as a stranglehold the world cup jinx notwithstanding where india used to beat pakistan in all the world cup games pakistan continued to have the upper hand over india for at least a good couple of decades and uh, that's probably changed now but but then now india only plays pakistan really in world cups so uh, yeah that's that's 
it's very true that i think it was the birth of a new pakistan uh, and yeah the 92 world cup followed after that and all of that so yes yeah. uh, a moment Just... that is etched in in the minds of I, i would say fans on both sides of the border there have been great games between both these teams right and often one team wins the other team uh, does poorly typically fans on the losing side tend to forget or try to forget but this is one of those moments that indian fans will never forget even fans who never saw it such as myself and yourself have heard about this this great game so much and we have watched the videos and we have now chronicled it for another generation of indian cricket fans to uh, hopefully you know not forget so here we are nitins and i at the end of another episode of heads and tails where we looked at the two uh, major matches that happened in the IPL in the weeks gone by and then connected it to a very very famous or infamous India versus Pakistan match at Sharjah from 1986 in this very month April hope you enjoyed this episode of ours if there's any match from the past that you get reminded of while watching cricket from the present give us a shout out and who knows maybe we'll cover it in our next episode till then from nitins and me it's goodbye take care and see you again in a week thank you so much chaps bye 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 you were listening to heads and tails hosted by abhishek chopra and nitin sundar produced by audiomatic producers for audiomatic Rajesh Tahil and Avdud Khanolkar Assistant Producer Priyakash